Jesus is calling you. Coming into my calling means coming out of what keeps you comfortable. I think it's important for us to not misunderstand. Jesus did not come to make people comfortable. Contrary to what some people believe, Jesus came to confront the systems that trapped people and keep them in bondage and captivity. I want us to begin reading with Mark 1, 14. It reads like this. After John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon or Peter and his brother Andrew and they were casting their net from the shore into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said. I'll make you fishers of men at once. Everybody say at once. They left their nets and they followed him. When he had gone down the shore a little farther, he saw James and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. Everyone say without delay. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. They walked off. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath had come, Jesus went into the church, the synagogue, and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority. We just sang about that. Authority. When Jesus speaks, there's a different authority. When we say God's word and we speak God's word and we're obedient to God's word, there's a higher authority. Are you hearing me? It's not just reading a book. It's authority. And people heard Jesus talking and they said, man, he doesn't talk like those Pharisees. When he speaks, there's authority. Just then, a man in their synagogue, notice the shift, a man at church who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out and said, what do you want with us, Jesus? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. I mean, the devil was crying out through this man, an impure spirit, an evil spirit. And Jesus says, be quiet, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out with a shriek. I want to talk a few minutes about uncomfortable confrontations. And everybody give you your camera a smile. <laughs> uncomfortable confrontations. So in Mark 1, he tells us about the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus is choosing his disciples who will follow him and those who are gonna come alongside him and build his ministry and build the church, which is God's kingdom here on planet earth. In verse 17, he says, come follow me and I'll make you. 
Jesus called them immediately. He called Andrew, Peter, James, and John, follow me. And they left what they were doing to follow him. Verse 18 says, at once they left their nets. Verse 20 says, without delay, they just walked away. So immediately, they left what they knew. They left what was comfortable to fulfill their calling. They left their father and they left their fishing to fish for men, a new purpose. And it's interesting that Jesus didn't wait for them to understand their calling first. They didn't go to seminary. They hadn't read the Bible completely through, probably hadn't read it at all. He called them and immediately they left what was comfortable. Listen, coming into my calling means coming out of what keeps you comfortable. In fact, a calling from Jesus is mostly uncomfortable. And people will most always choose comfort over confrontation, right? I think we often misinterpret and misunderstand Jesus. I wanna say it again so you get it today. Jesus did not come to make us comfortable. And this is the problem for a lot of Christians because we simply don't understand Jesus' primary function in our life. We associate Jesus with comfort. We come to church because of comfort. People leave the church primarily because they feel uncomfortable. People left Jesus when he said such things as, if you, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And they said, canceled. I'm out of here. Because it, it made them feel uncomfortable. So, so let me be clear. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, right? We just talked about the God we never knew a few weeks ago. And that's the, that's the primary function of the Holy Spirit is comfort. Jesus said, when I go, I'm gonna send the comforter. But Jesus' primary role while he was on planet Earth was not to comfort, it was to confront. You, you need to distinguish and understand that. He didn't come to make people comfortable. He came to confront the systems that trapped people and kept them in bondage and in captivity. That's why he didn't really tend to the Pharisees at all. The religious leader, Jesus, didn't come to religious leaders and try to woo them. He confronted them. And the way he confronted issues attracted normal people because he brought freedom in their life. Now, this is very important because if we misunderstand why Jesus came, we'll be confused about how we're to come to him. We can begin to associate the presence of God with comfort and the devil with conflict. Stay with me. Sometimes it's the devil who's giving you comfort and it's God who's putting you in conflict. Say, <laughs> so, well, there's, there's chaos in my life. The devil's after me. No, maybe God's trying to teach you to rely on him and grow up and mature and figure some things out. And maybe, maybe the things that are going easy really aren't going so easy. You're just, you're just in your mind thinking it's good and you feel comfortable. And that's the devil saying, if I keep you comfortable, you won't make any difference. 
If I keep you comfortable, you won't change. If I keep you comfortable, you won't address the challenges in your life. And so we start blaming the devil for God's handiwork. Well, the devil's been after me, bless his holy name. No, you need to start talking to God and realize, are you listening to me? Sometimes what's after you is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's Jesus in an uncomfortable confrontation trying to say, hey, you need to shake some things in your life. You need to tell it to come out. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen already every day. Okay. So to come into your calling will require you to come out of your comfort zone. Peter had to leave his nets. James and John had to leave their father in the boat. I know that we're supposed to love our family and all of that, and I love my family. But when it comes to following Jesus, he, was, he gave them an ultimatum. And he said, you follow me right now. Come now. What I'm talking, what I'm calling you into is higher than anything you've ever done before. So I'm going to be fishing for men now. I'm going to be doing the same thing, but for a different purpose. Listen to me. Not for profit, but for people. This is very important for all of us to understand. When God calls you, he doesn't always make you change your career. Some of you may be hearing, well, the call of God's in my life, so I'm hearing leave my job. No, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying just leave being comfortable to fulfill a higher purpose and a higher calling. It doesn't mean leave what you're good at. It just means doing it with a different purpose and doing it with a higher calling. Calling is not about vocation or location. Calling is about the vision God has for your life. It's about the level at which you see the gift God has placed in your life. It's not just to get by and provide for your family. That is what it may do, but there's a higher purpose for whatever you're doing. Jesus said, I see a gift in you, and that gift is to fish. You have, you have tenacity. You have a certain set of skills, so I'm going to apply your abilities to a higher purpose. But in order to do that, you got to find your calling. You got to forsake your comfort. And that's what Growth Track's all about, by the way, to help you find your calling. And the truth is, <laughs> we human beings typically like both. We like comfort and calling. It's kind of like abs and no planks. Paint them on. Fake abs, no planks. I hate planks. You can tell. I hate planks. Just get the shaking, sweat dripping off my nose. I'm like, I'm 61. Why the heck am I doing this? I've been married to the same woman 42 years, and we ain't changing. She likes me without abs. But she's probably watching right now saying, yeah, but I like those abs, baby. And I'm like, okay, baby. Isn't it true that we want divine calling and no discomfort? Coming into your calling means, means no, listen to me. Coming into your calling means no certainty. It means no contract. What are you saying, pastor? Follow me. Follow me means Follow me and I will show you as you go. Say that with me. As you go. Say that with me. 
sounds a lot like Abraham. Abraham, go to the land that I will show you. That's an uncomfortable proposition. Leave your comfort and I'll guide you. You see, this is where total trust, like Kendra was talking about a while ago. If you're gonna follow God, it's total trust. You don't get, it, get to choose, well, I'm uncomfortable trusting God with this, but I'm comfortable trusting God with that. No, no, you gotta realize that the discomfort is you trusting God in everything. Come, follow me. Follow. If you're gonna follow me, then you gotta leave your comfort zone and step out in no man's land and say, I'm okay. If I'm gonna bless you, Abraham, so that you can be a blessing, you're gonna have to learn to be okay with being uncomfortable. I'm not going to call you to do something outside of your competency. I'm going to use what you're good at. It's not beyond your competency, but it will be beyond your comfort. And you're going to feel stretched. Sounds to me a little bit like Joseph. Joseph, right? The son of Jacob, the coat of many colors. God is saying, for me to get you into position, listen to me. He's telling Joseph, for me to get you into position to spare the Israelites from starvation, I got to put you in conflict. Did you hear that? If I'm going to spare my people, see, we think calling is about us. It is not about us. It's about his purpose. So if you don't get that right and you make it about you, you're not gonna make it very far. Joseph, it isn't about you. It's about saving my people, so I gotta put you in conflict. You're gonna be betrayed by your brothers. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be put in a pit. You're gonna be sold to strangers. You're gonna be lied on twice. First, your brothers are gonna lie to your dad about how you died because they dipped your coat of many colors in an animal's blood and said it was yours. Secondly, your employer's wife is gonna lie about your integrity. I must not be in the will of God. You're probably right in the middle of the will of God because you're in conflict. He's trying to get you somewhere. Come on, somebody. He's trying to get you somewhere. He's trying to fulfill his purpose in the earth. That's what we're here for, right? Right? The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world, somebody said. So you're gonna be lied on twice. Then you're gonna be, you're gonna be put in prison unjustly. Gets worse, right? Then you're gonna be forgotten about by a supposed friend. Had that ever happened to anybody? Then I'm gonna, then, then I'm gonna bring you into your ultimate purpose as second in command over Egypt to, re, to, re, to, to, re, to help and prepare for a famine that will save God's people from death. That's what I've got you here for, but there's a maze you gotta get through to get there. You just don't walk into, you just don't walk from being the youngest son into being second command overnight. David wasn't made king in a day. It took some time. If you get there too easily, you won't be equipped for, for what you're gonna face. And that's what happened to Saul. Saul was made king in a day and he didn't follow through because he didn't have the goods. David was made king over 22 years and it allowed him to prepare for the purpose. He had to go through conflict. Oh, I'm preaching better than your amen. Come on, somebody. 
So, so the calling will not be outside your competency. It's going, to be, it's going to be God using you at what you're good at, but it might be beyond your comfort. And that's where we say, quite honestly, if God doesn't show up, this is gonna be mess. It's gonna be bad. I think God said something to me. I know God can do it, and I hope he does. That's what out of your comfort zone means. So the disciples, they didn't move or relocate. They stayed in Capernaum. They didn't move. Instead, notice, the calling of God was for them to repent. Now, it's interesting, this word repent. Repent is in the text that we just read. Repentance here doesn't mean to make you feel bad about yourself. Repentance means to change the way you're thinking. You understand? The literal word repent means to change your mind. You, you gotta change your thinking. It's how you think about what you're going through. You gotta change that. What you're going through might be a stepping stone to get you where you're supposed to be. Don't look at it as the devil trying to keep you back. Look at it as God trying to make you better. It's how changing, changing how you think about, about the one in the seat of authority in your life. If God's in authority and he says go and you say no, who's really the boss here? Well, I'm going to heaven. I gave my life to Jesus. No, when he says go, you go. It's like a parent talking to a, a, a six-year-old and you say, I said go make your bed. And they just stand there and look at you and you're like, uh-uh. Oh, no, that didn't just happen. Get your, I said, go. And yet the six-year-old will sometimes defy you every time. Why? Because there's a negative, there's a, there's a resistance in us. There's a nature that's not from God, but from sin that's in us that rebels and says, you ain't telling me what to do. And sometimes we carry that over into our relationship with Jesus. And he says, follow me. And we're like, okay. Maybe. Jesus is saying, follow me and forsake the familiar and walk in faith. Did you know the greatest enemy of faith is not fear, but familiarity? The greatest enemy of your faith is not your fear. In fact, fear is an ally of faith. Fear puts you in a place where you know you need something greater than yourself and it makes connection with God possible because you know if God's not in this, we're in trouble. Fear, stay with me because some of you think, well, I'm afraid. I'm like, that's good. Some of you need to get more scared. The pastor told me at church, I need to be more scared. I came to be comforted today, to calm my spirit. And I'm like, that's great. But I'm here to tell you, if you're gonna follow Jesus, it's gonna put you on the edge of your seat. Your palms are gonna get sweaty. There's gonna be butterflies in your stomach. Like, man, this is out there. Jesus is doing some awesome stuff. He said, come follow me. Leave your family. Leave leave your fishing. Leave what you're comfortable. Leave, leave it and follow him. Fear can lead to faith, but familiarity will keep you stuck in predictable silence that are pitiful because they're predictable and you'll stay in them unless you answer the call, come out. Everybody say, come out. Some of us like predictable. Now, it's important to remember there was a different occasion when Jesus called Peter to cast his nets on the other side of the boat. That was later in the story. That's a whole different situation where Peter had fished all night and he had caught nothing. Right? 
right? You know the story? They fished all night, they didn't catch anything. They were, they were facing and experiencing failure and frustration, and then Jesus told them what to do. However, the calling that we're talking about in Mark chapter one was the first time that Jesus called them. In other words, what they were doing was working in Mark chapter one. It wasn't working at the second calling. They didn't catch fish the second time, but in Mark one, the text we're reading from, their career was working for them. Listen to what I'm saying. It's easier, don't miss this, it's easier to give all we have to Jesus when what we're doing isn't working. <laughs> it's one thing to follow Jesus when we've come to the end of ourselves and we're like, I don't know, divorce papers are served, I just got terminated, things are bad, I don't have any money, I, my health is not good, I don't know what's going on, my friends are walking. It's easy, to, that's when it's easier to turn to God. But when God calls you, are you listening to, stay with me, when God calls you out of your success into something sacrificial, will you still follow him? Will you come out of your comfort and into obedience no matter? And all is quiet. Nobody's going, yes, I don't know. Will I? You see, they knew how to fish. They were good at it. It put food on the table. And Jesus called them out of their comfort zone. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Listen to this, the real story here. For Jesus to save you, he had to step out of heaven. For Jesus to fulfill his calling, he had to step out of his comfort. Jesus left the riches and glory of heaven to become our savior. He to become the lamb that was to be sacrificed for humans' sin. Jesus left heaven to come to earth. He left his comfort to confront our sin. He didn't come to comfort people, but to confront the systems that keep people bound and imprisoned. Jesus came to set you free. And sometimes there's a battle to win freedom. And yet sometimes we won't even step away from our comforts and our lives of luxury to fulfill our calling. Loving people is messy. I know it's hard to say anything. They're probably sitting close to you. It's like, yes. <laughs> Love is work. Come on. If you don't know that by now, or if you're like, well, I hope they know. We all know that. Love is work. <laughs> it's easy to hop from bed to bed. Boom, boom, boom. Whew, I preach in there now. Stay with me a little bit. Uh, that, there's no work in that. That's all pleasure. Love is work. Jesus, man, that, where'd that come from? Whoever that's for, ching, that's your message today. Just, okay. And I don't say that mean or condescending. I'm just saying. So Jesus, though, he left the comforts of glory for us. So let's get back to the text for a moment. Mark chapter one, Jesus had called his disciples, right? 
In other words, he got his circle of relationships right. Listen to me. Let me say it this way. Jesus didn't call who would make him comfortable. He called who would make him effective. I'll say that again. Jesus didn't call the followers to come behind him that would make him comfortable. He called the people who would make him effective. Now I want you to let that sink in for a minute. Let that sink in. He, he called his followers, but we gotta be effective here. If we're not being effective, we're not doing any good. Verse 21, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the church and began to teach. And the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one with authority. We said that a while ago. Not as one of the teachers of the law. He's like, man, when he speaks, things happen. So Jesus is teaching the word of God and he's explaining and he's doing it with authority. And then in verse 23, as soon as authority, this is interesting now, he's teaching, but there's authority. He's speaking with an authority. There's something supernatural here, something different here. And immediately, just then, verse 23, a man in their church who was possessed by a devil, that's strong, isn't it? An evil spirit cried out. <laughs> Somebody in the audience had been coming to church week after week, and now this guy with authority talks, and they go, hey, he's a man from their church. He's apparently been a regular attendee. He came often. He was comfortable, comfortable being in their church. He was comfortable. He was comfortable. And he had an evil spirit. It's easy to become comfortable with what's become predictable in our life. We'll get back on that in a minute, yeah. We like predictable. We like predictable, but when we're comfortable with what's predictable, we can lose power and authority to fulfill our purpose. And you gotta realize, we're not here just to be comfortable. We're here to change. We're here to let God do something. We're here to confront the things that are keeping us normal. What do you mean normal? We want to be, we don't want normal. We want God's supernatural. We want something, we want that sixth sense. We want the power of God. So, so when the evil spirit who's in the man, who's sitting in their church comfortable, when authority finally shows up and starts talking, the evil spirit goes, uh, what do you want from me, Jesus of Nazareth? And people look around, John said that? Oh, maybe it'd be a word like Bartimaeus said, I don't know, whatever his name was. And that, that spirit spoke out of the man because of the authority. He said, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, holy one of God. In other words, he would say, I recognize your authority and I recognize your power. It's made me uncomfortable. I've been sitting in this church, but I, I'm getting uncomfortable now because authority, the God of heaven, Jesus Christ, the one who left glory and came to earth. He's talking, there, there's a new word. There's a new sheriff in town, so to speak. And it didn't take a seven-step program. All it took was the authority of Jesus' words. Come out. <laughs> Jesus said, in, in, in Texas, he said, shut up and sit down. And come out of him right now. And when he did, some of you just need to speak the authority of God's words into your situation. And you need to stop saying all the thoughts that's going through your mind. Stop saying that. You, you, need to, you need to get into God's presence and you need to say with authority what God says as if he's saying it right now over your situation. You need to speak the word of God and you need to talk of that. Say, in Jesus' name, stop that. <laughs> At about that time, you know, when, when authority shows up and people get a little bit bold and then all of a sudden the evil spirit shook the man. 
Now, some of you are like, if I was in church and somebody fell on the floor flopping around, I'd be like, they're epileptic. They're having a seizure. Something's going, what's happening? Whoa, whoa, I don't know what to do. Now, it might not be a seizure, and that does happen. I happened to be at a place one time. I was walking down the street in downtown Bryant, coming out of the hardware store, and I walked outside, and a, a man was on the ground, and, and, and I'm, I, I didn't know what he found out. It was an epileptic seizure. It wasn't a demon. But what I'm saying is this guy was in church and he had been comfortable and Jesus speaks with authority and he spoke up. And Jesus wasn't even addressing him. Jesus was talking to everybody, but there's such power in proper calling. When you're in your calling and you've stepped out of your comfort, Jesus had stepped out of his comfort. He's on the earth, he's confronting, and that spirit knew, I can't stay here comfortable with Jesus in the house. And he spoke up, and Jesus said what he's, we should say to everyone, come out of him, shut up and come out. And the man hit the floor, bouncing around, screamed, ah! Is that what your Bible says? Everybody say shriek. What is that? Ah! Someone say, Pastor, if that happened in our church, I'm looking for the door. <laughs> well, if you're out of your comfort zone and you've confronted those things in your life and you're in your calling, that spirit's not coming to you. It's out of here. You should only be afraid if you're not in your calling and you're too comfortable and he might find another porch swing in your life to sit on for a while. Whoo, that's getting deep here now. Come on, he, did, he done got off talking into evil spirits. I'm out of, amen, dismiss right now. Are y'all with me? I, we read it in the scripture. Why, do, why should it be foreign to us? Let me, let me say it this way. Sometimes the power of God is not always pretty. Some of us come to church, come on, listen to me. We simply want to raise our hand, accept Jesus, and go our merry way. I, Jesus, yes, that's me. And I, I thank you for doing it. It's a decision. I get that, but I'm just saying, sometimes things will not come out of our lives unless they get confronted. <laughs> so, so now that everybody's uncomfortable, let me finish with this question. Why was this man able to sit in their church week after week and the evil spirit was comfortable in church? So, so let me say it this way. What have we allowed to become too comfortable in our presence to occupy space that belongs only to God? Could it be that we've allowed certain things into our lives for so long that we've become comfortable when those things should be confronted? Some of us love our comfort so much that it's sabotaging and silencing your purpose and your calling. Some of us have comfort friends and they may be good to you, but they're not good for you. Jesus confronted the impure spirit and he said, come out. It's time to confront whatever has become comfortable 
And whatever is holding you back from the life Jesus came to give you today. Come on, can you give Jesus an ovation? Come on, everybody. Amen, amen, amen. Now, here's what I know, and here's what I believe fully. Jesus came, and he said, I have come that you may have life. Everybody say life. Jesus said, I came to give you life, but in order to have life, we might have to confront some other things. But I came that you may have life, and that life to the, come on, say it with it, to the, to the full. And that means confronting the things you become comfortable living with. Can I just give a simple example in how this, a personal example? It's simple, but it's made a major difference. In May of last year, 11 months ago, social media, it was messing with me. All, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, it was messing with me. And one side of me kept saying, well, you have a responsibility to leverage these tools to speak to people. And the other side of me is like, I'm sick of all this. This is messing with my mind. I, I don't care what people are saying. I don't want to know what everybody's thinking. I don't care what they ate for lunch. I don't care if they're shoot. I don't care. I, I, and you say you don't care. Pastor, you don't care. No, it was messing with me. I was, I was unguarded. My heart was open. It took me 30 days to get the courage and the second week of June last year, I deleted Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I, no, don't clap for me. Just stop. Stop for me. Now, I'm not, I'm, I don't need your applause. Thank you for that. I don't need your applause. I did it for me. I had to guard my heart and I had to get my head right and get out of all that other stuff so I could, so, so I had to confront something. I said, man, I gotta confront, this is making me mad, this is making me glad, this is, this is called, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I need heaven's voice in my life. I need kingdom priorities in my life. I need what, the, I need the word of God, what God says, what Jesus, I need Jesus talking to me. And I, I said, all these other voices, and I, sometimes all, I had to confront all of those other voices, and I loved it. I canceled them. I went, delete, delete, delete. And it has been almost 11 months of bliss. I don't. I don't watch a lot of news. I watch a little bit. I don't watch a lot because it messes with me. And you can get all jacked up. Is anybody here? So I'm just, this is, I had to confront voices that I felt I had to give a response to. And God's like, just respond to me. So that's, the, so, but I had to confront it. And it was not comfortable because I don't see all the pictures of my grandkids anymore. On Instagram, I told them, I said, you're going to have to send them to me. And they don't do a good job of it. Because <laughs> when it was on Instagram, oh, I forgot. Well, it was on Instagram, but I, I'm like, I, I didn't see it. So some of you said, happy birthday last year. Thank you. I know it's like nine months later. Thank you. But <laughs> I, I ain't there. Okay. That's not about me, that, except that I, that's a personal thing. 
from my calling to be effective, I had to confront some stuff that was taking me off track. What do you, that's, what do you need to confront? Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. He comes to confront, not to condemn. Please listen to me. This is my last thing. Jesus comes to confront, not to condemn. There's a difference. Confrontation has the intent to change you. Condemnation does not. This message is not meant to condemn anybody. Absolutely not. That does nothing but make you feel bad, which is what the devil's telling you right now because he's a condemner. But God is saying, I want to confront that because I want to get you out. And when his voice of authority speaks, you, you come out. So here's what I'd like to do. We're going to dim the lights a little bit. I ask you to just focus on yourself, everybody in the room, just for a moment. Maybe close your eyes for a minute and think about this statement. If anything that I've said today has confronted what's comfortable in your life and you know God is calling you to step out and step up and to follow him fully, I want to pray with you. And I'm talk, talking just to, un, I'm talking to everybody, saved, unsaved, new Christian, old Christian. If anything today has, if anything is confronted, anything in your spirit or your life today, I want to pray with you. So here's what I'd like to ask you. If that's you, and I hope there's a lot of you, I'm asking you to stand up right where you are, and I want to pray with you. You're standing up saying, I don't want anything in my life to keep me too comfortable from fulfilling my calling. Come on. I confront it today and I say, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. If that's you, stand, close your eyes, and we're gonna worship for a moment. And I'm gonna ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to touch you right now. Jesus. Come on. Just stand. Stand with you. I don't want anything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everything falls in Sing it. You hold it all. Yes, you're in control. What you Something happens when I'm in your presence. Come on, King Jesus. King Jesus. Something happens when I lift up Jesus. Come on. Everything begins to change. Something happens as I worship Everything falls into place Cause you hold it all You're in control What you open, nobody can close Something happens when I'm in your presence 
something about the name of Jesus. 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 Something. Something, something. about the name of Jesus. Invite him in right now. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for all of those of you who are standing right now. Just close your eyes. Father, today we confront whatever is keeping me from stepping out of my comfort zone and stepping into my calling. Jesus, I surrender fully right now. Here I am. My life is yours. Do with it as you will, in Jesus' name. Nobody moving around, everybody very still, just for a moment more. Because maybe you're in this room or you tuned in somewhere from across the globe and you're watching today and you do not know Jesus as the savior of your life. Our sin separates us from God. We inherited it from our father, Adam. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for human sin. And the Bible says, if you will say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So I want to lead those of you who want to make sure you're saved and you want to make Jesus Lord, I want to lead you in a prayer of forgiveness right now. And maybe it's your first time to pray this prayer. Maybe Maybe you prayed it before and you want to come back to God today. So every head bowed, every eye closed. I'd like you to do one thing. If that's you and you're going to pray with me today for the first time or to rededicate your life, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Every head's bowed, but we just want to know. Thank you for that. Lift your hand. Just hold it up for me. I want to, I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven, Pastor. I want, to, I want to make sure just lift it high. If you're right there watching on the screen, you can let us know that you're praying this prayer. Someone will talk to you. Somebody can pray with you right there. Just a moment more. Lift your hand. Lift your hand in the room. I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. Lift your hand. All right, you can put those hands down now. Thank you for that. So let's pray this prayer together. Are you ready? Everybody pray it. We're all going to pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sin. Take away my past. Today, I declare you Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that you died for me and you rose again from the dead. And I surrender completely to you. Today is the beginning of a brand new life with you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. 
amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on, make a joyful noise and welcome all of those to the family of God right now.